Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are Mark Cuban selling the Dallas Mavericks. The knockout round of the NBA in-season tournament is underway. The Carolina Panthers are looking for a new head coach. College football's greatest stars gather in New York City for the Heisman Trophy. Who will bring home the hardware? The final rankings for the college football playoff were released. Did the committee get it right? With that, I give you our chief, our fire brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on a Wednesday night live in Matt's basement. Uh, yeah, we're going to start out with the NBA stuff. Uh, Cuban selling the selling his portion of the Mavericks. You know, he's going to keep uh, control of basketball operations, and I don't know what the term limits are on that, what they specified in the contract. But, you know, he bought the Mavericks back in, what, 2000, I 2000, believe? 2000, yep. For 285 mil, um, now selling it for a cool $3.5 million, Right, uh, right. Over 12 times what he paid for it, you right. know, 23 years ago. But, pretty uh, pretty good return on your investment. Yeah, so what it boils down to is Mark Cuban is a hell of a businessman. Right? <laughs> um, you know, it really has more to do with that, I think, than basketball. Um, but, uh yeah, it's some interesting, uh, interesting buyers there. I think I'll let you guys get a word in here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, obviously Mark Cuban hasn't gotten to his you know billionaire status or you know whatnot with by being stupid with his with his money. Um, you know this this investment again, no, you know, uh, yeah, like you said, 12, 12 times his original investment. You know, that's you know pretty pretty good return there. But uh, you know it is. It's tough for me, tough for me to see, uh, you know, obviously long time, you know, Dallas Mavericks fan, you know, I've always known Mark Cuban to, you know, be, be the, be that guy for, for Dallas and obviously staying as, you know, kind of the, you know, the, the runner of, you know, basketball operations, you know, obviously he'll still be involved in, in some capacity with the, with the team or whatever, but, you know, he's always been, yeah, one of those guys that's always been kind of a different approach, you know, most, you know, most of these owners, it's just like, they buy the team, they shell out the cash and, you know, they're just kind of there in the background or whatever. Obviously Cuban's more of a, a hands-on kind of guy wants to be the involved. Yeah. Wants to be involved, you know, sitting behind the bench, you know, be, be, you know, right there in the, in the action and everything like that. Um, and I will say one of the few uh, franchises that have prospered mm -hmm. under ownership like that. Right. Right. Most of the time when an owner gets that involved, it doesn't go well. Right. Right. It, yeah. They, they meddle too much or, you know, they, they, you know, sometimes don't always, you know, know exactly what they're doing when they're trying to maybe evaluate talent or, you know, things like that. But, you know, Cuban has, has always, yeah, been, been a guy that, you know, knows, knows his own lane or, you know, knows when he's in, in the right and, you know, is, is able to, you know, kind of divvy that up and, you know, surround him with, with other people at the same time that, that know basketball and, you know, really understand, you know, the, the, the game or whatever, um, you know, it, it is interesting, you know, because obviously this Mavericks franchise is relatively new to the NBA. They, you know, were a franchise that was founded in the, in the eighties, 1980, actually, to be exact. Uh, so, you know, only roughly about a 40 year old, you know, 40 year old franchise compared to, you know, some of the other ones that have been around for, you know, going on, you know, 100 years or, you know, been in the league for for a super long time. Um, but, you know, have had some success under, you know, Cubans, Cubans ownership, obviously won an NBA title, you know, a handful of years ago and, you know, made it to another one back in 2006. So, you know, it definitely has never shied away from the spotlight and, you know, never, uh, you know, willing to not, you know, 
shell out the money as well. So, Matt, what, what are you thinking? Oh, yeah, and like your your dad alluded to, the the, the new owner, it, it is kind of an interesting uh, interesting choice here. Uh, Miriam Adelson, she's the majority owner of the Sands uh, Corporation there, at casinos in Las Vegas. You know, it <laughs> right. seems to be kind of, of a weird uh, crossover there between right. basketball and, and a casino owner. You right, know, right. Could there be some conflicts there? <laughs> right, right. I'd be kind yeah. of surprised that the NBA will let that go through mm-hmm, with, with mm-hmm. that kind of – Right. kind of thing but and, and you know for her she had to sell off 10 percent of her stake but she's also the primary stakeholder so 10 percent still didn't really hurt her jump change so yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't 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 much for her and you know hats off to cuban though getting right. 3.5 billion dollars for this franchise right. and getting to keep the part he really loves is the right. basketball operations right. Right. getting to do that kind of stuff stay on the sidelines mm-hmm. still be involved with the team right that you couldn't ask for a better win for for a guy like mark cuban in right case. right yeah absolutely well and here's some more on the uh, whole gambling. And uh, for one, the sports betting is not legal in Texas. Well, gambling in general is not right. legal in Texas. Now the there's Texas. a big push for it. Yeah. And that also is coming from the Houston Rockets owner, uh, Tillman Fertitta, who is uh, owner of the Golden Nugget oh. in Vegas. So, <laughs> Interesting. you know, so this is all, t- I think, yeah. tied together. There's going to be more of a push, I think. Yeah. in the state of Texas to legalize <laughs> sports betting. Right. And along with that, you know, I think then Cuban, you know, he wants a new arena for yeah. the Mavericks. He's been talking of that. And, yeah. it, you know, the, the rumor has been arena with a casino actually attached to the arena. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I actually was, was just about to mention that before, you know, all this about, you know, the Sands group or, you know, the Adelson, you know, family possibly buying the Mavericks. Cuban had actually reached out to them about, you know, building this kind of around the arena, you know, changing Dallas into kind of this casino slash entertainment district, which included building a new stadium for, for the Dallas Mavericks, you know, obviously there's some hurdles to jump through. Like you said, Texas, you know, gambling of any sort is not legalized Mm -hmm. at all. So to build this casino entertainment district, that's, you know, the first domino that, that has to fall, obviously, that's going to benefit Cuban or, you know, could have potentially benefited Cuban. So he's been a huge lobbyist to the state, you know, Texas state government to try to get that law passed and get it pushed through. Um, You know, so it will be, will be interesting. Obviously he's still making out like a bandit, whether there's legal gambling or not, he just, you know, sold the team for three and a half billion dollars. So he's still making money no matter, you know, no matter what, but it will be interesting to see going forward. Yeah. What, what, you know, the state of Texas, you know, decides to do, I mean, Honestly, it to me, it's it's not much different than you know legalizing marijuana at this point. Like by not doing it, you're missing out on an opportunity to, to, to make to money. get to make money. Yeah, the, what know, state the, is going to do that? The projections are there for you know and the Texas, revenue that it would generate, right. the tax dollars. And Texas and is obviously a giant state, you know, as far as landmass right. goes. So it's like, yeah, they're they're missing out on on a you know a good opportunity to right. to generate revenue i guess so well and now with two owner you know the houston rockets right. owner and now the you know mavericks owner being uh involved in the right. casinos in las vegas and right. obviously supported by sports betting and what uh, other forms of betting right betting. right and i think you know you got two power very powerful groups mm. pushing money behind them right. now pushing and, this in. you know the, the the dollar talks or you know money talks usually right, is right. How, it, how it goes or you want something to get done you you know 
right. put money involved or get money right. involved. That's how things, you know, move around. Well, you know, and, and going back to Mark Cuban, too, I hope he does, you know, I don't know how what the contract specifies, like I said before, <clears> yeah. how long he does control basketball operations, you know, if it's his job till he doesn't want it anymore right, or, right. or what, but or, you know, what parameters were set forth in that. But, uh, you know, I, I do want to see Mark Cuban. I think he's been good for the NBA. Mm-hmm. He's been outspoken, you know, not afraid to uh, – you know, criticize uh, where it's needed and, you know, at least speak his mind and not be, you know, just go along with the establishment. Mm-hmm, so, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I hope he does stay involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <clears throat> All right, next topic in the NBA, the the NBA in-season tournament. You know, we're down to the final four teams. Um, you know, two, the two teams from the West are the Lakers, the Pelicans. The two teams from the East are the Bucks and the Pacers. Um you know, it's it's kind of strange. Um, the Pelicans upset the Celtics to get in, mm-hmm. uh, who have the best record in all of NBA. Mm-hmm. So the, the Pelicans are only eighth in the whole East. So yeah. you know, it it has kind not of not the Pelicans, the Pacers, Pacers, Pacers. Or the yeah, Pacers. Pacers. I'm yes. sorry, yeah, yeah. but uh, Pacers upset. So, yeah, the Pelicans. They're number eight in the West. Yeah. The Pacers yeah. are sixth in the East. But yeah, it's it's good to see some team. You know, this is kind of playing out and giving some other teams you know, a chance to, to shine maybe, but I guess uh, before I go any deeper, I'll let you guys get a word in here on this as well. But I kind of want looked into more of like, if this did what Adam Silver wanted it to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it, it is interesting because I think it did play out maybe the way it was supposed to, in the mm-hmm. sense that all the four teams that are left, they've gone nine and one in all of the tournament games the pelicans are the only team that has not that has lost a game in the tournament so far so i think you are seeing somewhat of like the four best Best teams you know so far this season yeah so far in this tournament format or whatever i mean yeah obviously these teams overall records are not you know always the best or the best amongst you know all all the teams whatever but when it came to the games that mattered for this in-season tournament these teams found a way to 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 get it done and the, the the top teams made their way towards the towards the top, um, you know. So it will be will be interesting. I I, I think yeah, the, the Pelicans to me is probably the biggest surprise because again they don't have a great overall record, and even further, in every single one of the games that they've played, you know, all five of their their, their tournament games, they've been the underdog in every single one from wow. a sports betting standpoint. They've been the underdog in every single one of them and have found a way to to win to win the game they, they obviously have do do have one loss but you know all those other ones they, they find a way you know find a way to get it done so we'll see if they can continue that magical run or this magical run into the you know from here it's it's the championship right. um and then between the bucks and the pacers man that that game's gonna be exciting mm-hmm. I, I, there's gonna be you like points you want scoring yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna get it in the league right, right you're there. gonna get it right yeah. here in this matchup um you know obviously the bucks Got off to somewhat of a rocky start there with, you know, Giannis, Damian Lillard, you know, whatever. But I think that dynamic is starting to work itself out. They're starting to figure out how to how to play that and, you know, f- figure out, you know, how to how to yeah make it work. Uh, because, yeah, there's probably not a hotter tandem right now than those those guys right there right. from Milwaukee. So the Pacers definitely going to have their hands full. But, man, can they can they light up the scoreboard? That's oh, for yeah. sure. <clears throat> yeah, I think really the only thing the NBA w- would have been looking for that could have been better for them yeah. would have been had the Celtics knocked off the Pacers and you got that 
Bucks, Bucks Celtics, Celtics matchup, like an Eastern Conference, powerhouse, yeah. Eastern Conference right, Finals right, type right, of yeah. type of battle there because you don't envision the Pacers right. making a run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. and yeah, they're hot right now, and, that, and that's what's making this kind of cool too because a midseason team that's really hot. You right. see that almost every year. Right. Like last year, Cavs started off really good. super hot right. and then really you know kind of petered out down yeah. the stretch. Right, right. So you know it is kind of cool to, to get to see some of these teams that start the season with some success right right get to have some success on a national stage mm-hmm. so you know right. that, that's working out well and you know they got a ton of star power in right. this thing right now in the final four you got lakers and lebron the yep. pelicans and zion right. bucks and the Kumpo. right like i said the, the pacers they don't have that they, star. they don't really have that star right. but they've got a heck of a team that, right. you right. know they lead the league in assists mm-hmm. they're passing the ball around really well right playing good team ball they're a fun team to watch yeah so absolutely it's, it's been a fun tournament so and, far and those stars get to do it on the biggest stage because yeah. now we're in las vegas the, the right the, the two games the two semifinals and the championship game will be played in las vegas at you know t-mobile t-mobile arena so they get you know to be on the biggest stage or one of the biggest stage you know when it comes to sports uh, you know, out there in Las Vegas. So it is, you know, pretty, pretty neat to see. But uh, yeah, what, what's your thoughts, you know, Dad, about this, about this? Well, format? you know, I think it, when we first talked about this, you know, back uh, however long it was ago on the show, you know, we thought it was kind of gimmicky, you know, that what they'd come up with. But I was going back through the numbers and what they're saying is that ESPN and TNT have reported that the games that they've had, mm-hmm are averaging 26% more viewers for game compared to 2022 of games in the same time frame frame of the season. So it's bringing in viewers, it's bringing in viewers earlier in the season. So, you know, I think uh, in in a time where it's competitive, right? Because I mean, we're still talking college football, hockey's just started a lot of other stuff, college basketball. So Uh, yeah, that's, that's, you know, they've been able to, I think it it did what, you know, Adam Silver, what the rest of the NBA brass, you know, wanted it to do. And that was get more viewers earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of viewers mean more dollars. Right. Yeah. yeah, You know, a lot of people are, you know, maybe the casual fan NBA fan doesn't start watching until, until the, you know, till the playoffs yeah, start March, a lot till time, March or, so. you know, February or whatever. Yeah. So no. I, I think it has accomplished what they wanted them to accomplish. So right. yeah, right. you know, you know, good for the NBA. Uh, right. Yeah. I think, so, you, you know, know, and I think, you know, they kind of, and I, I, I did write it down, but they said that like the uh, average cost of the resale tickets really hasn't, uh, didn't fluctuate a whole lot, mm-hmm. uh, which would kind of maybe be an indicator of how people are interested in this game. Yeah, actually game, attending games. Actually yeah. attending games, right. but more so the TV viewership is, yeah. What, yeah. is what came up. Right, so, right. Uh, which, yeah. you know, generates revenue. I mean, yeah, brings yeah. in revenue. Advertising dollars, like that. And, uh, yeah. is, which is, you know, the majority of their, their uh, revenue. Yeah, so. and I mean, obviously they're still – a lot at stake too. I mean, these teams, you know, just because they made it into this, you know, knockout, you know, stage, it's not like, Oh, you know, we just get to win a championship. There's, there's some money online here too. Um, You know, all the teams that are in the semifinals have at least secured a hundred thousand dollars for players that are signed on a full-time contract. So like players that are on two-way contracts, you know, players that play, up on the NBA and, you know, play down in the, in the, in the G league. Um, they actually split that hundred thousand. They actually get 50,000, but normal guys that are on the team, you know, on a normal contract, get a hundred thousand dollars for just making it to the semifinals. They win this game, you know, they win, you know, their semifinal game, they make it into the championship. That money. Now you get a hundred thousand, 
plus you just earned another two hundred thousand dollars just for, just for making the championship. Then if you're you know lucky enough or you know you're able to win win the entire thing, you get five hundred thousand dollars if you win win the entire championship, and you, you know you get to get to say hey we the winners of this midseason tournament right. inaugural right. midseason tournament. So yeah. it it you know there's still a lot still a lot to play for, and you know yeah I think ultimately it. I, I, I think it has been successful for, for the NBA. It's obviously something that we're going to have to see if it continues. Mm-hmm. That Obviously, the first season that it happens, you're going to probably generate some kind of spark because it's like it's something new. It's something shiny. People want to at least get a taste of it. Right. We'll see You know, next year. Right. Do they change the format? Do they make some tweaks or whatever? Or do they keep with the same format? And do we see the continued increase in the amount of viewership or is it like, uh, you know, we, we saw it once. That's right. all we needed to see. Uh, I'm not, you know, interested going forward yeah. kind of thing. I think uh, if they wanted to make it something a little different, maybe they, they, they split it up a little more. They don't just make it East versus West, yeah, you know, kind right. of do something like that. Right. I, I thought they might, you know, also, yeah, like mix up the groups. So, you know, they had the group stage where right. it was Eastern conference, Western conference groups and things like that. But, I would have, you know, maybe potentially to make it even more interesting is mix up the group so that it's like a mix of Eastern and Western right. Conference teams in the same yeah. group. Then you can have an all Eastern Conference championship. Right. Yeah. Something yeah. Something that Western you Conference. don't get in yeah. the NBA playoffs right. or, you know, whatever. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, I, I you know, I, the NBA is always good about making adjustments and they usually, you know, something mm-hmm. else I thought that they might be able to do mm-hmm. to generate interest and to keep teams, yeah. you know, playing their starters is. You know, maybe the the team that wins or the first team, the two teams that make the finals get an automatic, you know, automatic playoff bid at come right. to the yeah. end of the season. You know, yeah. 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 that keeps teams playing their stars. You yeah. know, yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. Kind of like, you know, the college football had done in the past, where if you won your conference, you know, college, you, yeah, college basketball or you yeah, know whatever, if you win your conference you're tournament, tournament, you're in the tournament, no matter what your so, record is. You know, so. Just a thought. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm not Adam Silver, right? Well, looking at the two games, who do we who do we like? You know, the Bucks Pacers matchup is the first game tomorrow night. Is when they you know get things started. Uh, yeah, both those games are tomorrow. Yeah, correct? tomorrow night. Yep. yep, yep. First game is at 5 p.m. Eastern time over on ESPN. Like I said, got the number one number one seeded Milwaukee Bucks taking on the number two seeded uh, Pacers. Vegas likes the Bucks by four and a half mm-hmm. right now. Uh, what's your what's your thoughts on the game? You know, it probably feels about right. You know, like I said, you're looking at these two teams; they're two top scoring teams in the right. NBA. That you know, stat wise, though, the Pacers are actually better. They're they're mm. scoring more oh, points yeah. per game than mm. than the Bucks are. Right. They're also shooting a better field goal percentage mm-hmm. per game than the Bucks. Right. So you know, I think the Pacers will be able to to hold their own and stay in this thing. Right. So four points probably feels about right. But mm-hmm. I think there's way too much star power on that Milwaukee team. I yeah. think they're going to have enough to get it done. Yeah, this will, like I said, I think of the two matchups, this to me seems like the best one on on paper. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, a lot of a lot of firepower in this one, but. You look at the Pacers as well as as great as they are on the offensive side of the ball, they're equally as bad on the <laughs> defensive side of the ball. They 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 give you know as many points as they score, they give up probably just as much on the right. defensive end, and and you know they're okay with that. It seems yeah. like you know they're they're okay. Win a shootout, right? They're they're okay to you know win win a high scoring game because like Pac twelve football, right? <laughs> these two teams actually we got a somewhat of a small preview early in the season. They they faced off in early November, kind of almost the kickoff of the season. Uh, the Pacers won that game 126 to 124. Mm-hmm. 
And this, they, they won that game and Giannis scored 54 points in that game. And they were able to come out on top and, you know, a two point, you know, two point victory. I, I think it swings Milwaukee's way. Like I said, early on in the season, Lillard, Antetokounmpo, they were trying to feel each other out, figure out. I, I think they're locked in now. Yeah. Lillard is actually leading the, uh, you know, as far as like points scored in tournament games mm. in these NBA, he's he's leading all players. He's oh. got almost 150 points scored in tournament games. So, you know, it's not even Giannis that's scoring in these crucial crucial games right. that they need. It's it's Lillard that's taking over, and I, I think that pays dividends for a Bucks team that, yeah, they right. can rely on more than just one guy to, to get it done for them. I like the Bucks in this one. Uh, what, what's your thoughts? I agree. Um, you know, I think they're just that two headed monster, uh, is going to be tough. Yep. You know, obviously two teams that are already putting up big numbers. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think, I think, yeah, I just think that that's just too much for the Pacers to contain. Right. And then the, uh, Western conference semifinal, you got the Lakers, the number one seeded Lakers, and then the three seeded Pelicans, uh, tomorrow night, nine o'clock PM over on uh, TNT, you know, Vegas is, you know, having a hard time with this one, but they yeah. got they got the Lakers by a point and a half right now. Um, but again, it's it, it's tough to tough to pick uh, because the Lakers, you know, they haven't lost a game in this tournament format. The Pelicans have only lost one game, but again, they've been underdogs in every uh, single you know every single game and have found a way to, to like that role right to get it to get it done. Uh, you know this this one's gonna be gonna be a battle. Obviously, there's a little bit of storylines of you know. Uh, Anthony Davis versus somewhat of his, his former team. Um, you know, obviously not a lot of the former teammates that were on the team when he left New Orleans, but still the same, you know, same team that he, that he left, um, Lakers, you know, again, these two teams don't have great overall records. They just play better, you know, when it, when it matters. Um, and, and the Lakers beat the Suns twice, you know, in their group play, they beat the, beat the Suns. And in you know the the quarterfinal game, they beat the Suns. So a couple of impressive wins for this Lakers team. You know, Matt, what who do yeah. you who do you like in that matchup? You know, I I like the Lakers just because of their their veteran savvy okay. and and the you know just the star power there. But yeah. you know, I, I think um, for the Pelicans to really have a shot, I think yeah. they need to speed this game up. Okay, get, get, get running up and down the court, they're younger, right. fresher legs. Yeah. I, I think if they could speed the game up and and make this game into a track meet, they'd yeah. have a real shot to win. But, yeah. I think the veteran savvy of the Lakers, they'll be able to slow it down, play it at their pace, do what mm-hmm. they need to do. I think the Lakers will get the W. Yeah, what, what do you thought? What are your thoughts, Dad? Well, you know, I don't – a point and a half is a tough game to pick. It is, it is, it is. You know, these two teams going up, you know, kind of different in styles. But uh, I'll go with Matt here on this one. I'll take I'll take L.A. All right, well, I'll take the underdog role amongst <laughs> us and take the underdogs in this game. Right. I, I like the Pelicans to continue their run here. They're, they're playing hot in this in this tournament. Um, you know, they, they, like you said, they do have that young talent, a bunch of young core Zion is finally seems healthy finally for, you know, the first time in several seasons, you know, Brandon Ingram two you know, two Duke boys that are, you know, leading the charge there for, for the Pelicans. Uh, I just like that, that influx of youth that the Pelicans have. Mm-hmm. I think they can, they can use that to, to their advantage. Um, I, I think it, again, that point and a half is probably right where it needs to be. I think it's right. going to be a, a back and forth battle. Um, but 
much much more low scoring compared to the other oh, semifinal sorry. game. Um, but I, I'll take the I'll take the Pelicans right. in this one. The, then what is the what is the championship uh, game? That, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, right. Saturday. Because actually, I think on Friday, I think the two teams that lose the semifinal, I think will play will play each other. So right. mm-hmm. very good. All right. Well, on to the NFL. Well, not a lot of the NFL, but some. Uh, Frank Wright, gone in Carolina. Um, this is a guy that's going to make a ton of money to stay home and sit on his couch. <laughs> right. He's Watch st- football like me. <laughs> yeah, still, uh, yeah, yeah uh, still owed, you know, through 2006 or 2026 by the Colts. You know, they still had to buy him out for $36 million, so he still do some of that. And yeah. then somewhere between 20 and 40 that he's going to be owed by the by the Carolina Panthers. So, right. yeah. you know, a guy that's his overall is 41, 43, and 1 as a head coach. Uh, you know, I don't think Frank Reich was the problem here. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, this is a team that, you know, when your owner, David Tepper, said, you know, he, he wants to be, he wants to be, uh, what do you want? He wants to be patient. He wants, well, letting a guy, play, you know, coach 11 like games Davis. to me is not being patient. Right. You know, you got a, you got a quarterback in there that, you know, that's unproven is still developing, you know, mm-hmm. and there, and it was, my understanding from you know the rumors is that uh he's the one that wanted bryce young really frank reich wanted cj yeah. stroud mm, mm. if you believe the rumors right, so right not to say that you know that that was the issue between frank and, and, and bryce but uh yeah. you know i think this is a situation we talked about it with with cuban where this is a guy that's been involved way more than he should be mm-hmm. with with a lot of these picks, with right. a lot of these decisions. Right. Uh, yeah, I know you're a billionaire, but uh, yeah, I don't know the pedigree. You know, pedigree. There's, there's there. more. There's more guy. There's guys out there that are smarter, sports minded than, right, than right. what you are. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, my understanding that they were courting uh, offensive coordinator Ben Johnson from the Lions. Yeah. But here, here's another thing that doesn't make sense with me with with Tepper. Uh, he says he wants a coach that's offensive minded. Well, for crying out loud, Frank Reich was a quarterback. Right. He but was a quarterback's coach. He was coordinator. an offensive coordinator. <laughs> right. How much more offensive minded do you get than right. that? Yeah. I, I guess. I, I guess I don't get it. Yeah, well, and he, he shoved Matt Rule out the door too yeah. before right. that, and that right. was another offensive mind. So maybe he needs a defensive minded right. coach yeah. to turn this thing and around. We, but and it's funny that you mentioned that because I think the. Uh, you know, when Matt Rule got, you know, fired last year, uh, they, you know, brought Steve Wilkes, I think was the defensive coordinator mm-hmm. and they kind of turned it around after, right. I think after they fired Matt Rule, they kind of, I think he maybe went like 500 after they fired mm-hmm. him. So maybe that is the answer, but you know, to me, I think, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned the offensive, you know, mindset again, you don't get any more, more offensive mindset and QB whisperer or whatever than Frank Reich. I, I just, I mean, obviously the stats, they don't, they don't help Reich's, you know, they don't, they don't back him up. You know, mm-hmm. these Panthers team has been pitiful, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You know, Bryce Young has not been great as the number one pick, but again, what do you, what do you expect? You know, it, there aren't too many teams that get the number one pick. And the next year, they're Super Bowl champs. You, right. you got to and, – and Yeah, that's what, as I said, he, you know, he says patience, but that, you know, does – he's right. popping out of both sides of his mouth. Right, yeah. You you, you don't fire a coach in, in midway through his first season and, and expect, you know, that that's going to be a, a 
thing that's going to propel you to to success at this point. I mean, you're creating a uh, a team that no coach wants to go to now. You know, who, who wants to who wants to be going to that situation where you're literally going to be fired somewhat on the spot. You don't win, you know, win some games. And and I get it. I think this Panthers team was obviously expecting to win more than one game, obviously. Right. But yeah, like I said, there, there's there hasn't been, there probably never will be in the NFL a team that gets the number one pick and the next year they're right. winning the Super Bowl type thing. Unless it's just a very wacky situation, there are not too many teams because the teams that are picking up at the number one pick, they're not. there's not just one issue at one position. They have multiple mm-hmm. issues at multiple positions, and it takes time right. either through free agency or the NFL draft to get the guys in there that fits the scheme for either the head coach, the different coordinators, whatever, and that doesn't happen in the NFL in one season. Well, and that's kind of why the, the Texans have been able to have some success because right. they had multiple first-round picks. Yes. They were able to address yes. multiple positions right. and really help turn things around yes. quicker. Yeah. You can't turn it around that quick with which one, one first-round pick. One, one pick, um, you know, and <laughs> like I said, the, the stats are not there. You know, it, it definitely doesn't help Reich's case or whatever because, I mean, like I said, the, the offense was towards the bottom as far as points per game and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, you know, Bryce Young's stats, he's towards the bottom as far as starting QBs right. go. But again, the it, something that sticks out to me, Bryce Young's been sacked 40 times. Yeah. And, and we're only 11 games into the season here. Yeah. He's got, you know, six, seven more games to play. That number could be, you know, 50 or 60 by the time it it, it it's said and done. Right. I don't care who you are. You're you're not going to win games when your quarterback's on the on the ground more than he's standing upright. So I will say for for Reich though, it didn't help in this game played immediately after he was fired. Right. Chuba Hubbard goes off for probably the best game he's had in his career, over <coughs> right. 100 yards, right. touchdown. Right. I mean, but it's interesting you say that because the Panthers also fired their running backs coach <laughs> because they they didn't get rid of just Reich. They got rid of their running back coach. They got rid of their cornerbacks coach. They got rid of you know Reich. Um, and it's funny because the two guys that they got rid of, Deuce Staley, you know, a longtime running back that was great in the NFL, right. was the Panthers' running backs coach. Running backs were awful in Carolina. <laughs> you know, now after he leaves, right. they you know break out or you know whatever. And then the quarterbacks coach was was actually Josh McCown, who's you know been with every organization as a right. player. Probably nobody better that knows the quarterback position. Than, than Josh McCown, but just, you know, not able to translate it into success yeah. for, you know, take that coach, you know, coaching mindset and transition it to, you know, players on the, on the field. Um, but yeah, it, it, I, I'm never a fan of these coaches that just, all right, one season, two seasons, all right, new coach, one season, two seasons, new, you're never, yeah. you're never building anything. Right. There's no way you can build a team when you are constantly turning over the head coach. Well, I'll tell position. you right now, they all need to look at, I mean, I mean, I know it's not the same league, but look at what Michigan did with Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. They, everybody was saying, oh, he lost to Ohio State three, right. four times. Right. Get rid of him, fire yep. him, get him out, out of here. Out, out. But you, you sustain it, you let him build something, right. and he can turn it into what's now the number one team in the country. Right. Well, and I think it, it, given that scenario, Matt, what Colt and I said as Michigan fans is like, yeah, we're not happy with his performance against Ohio State, but 
show me somebody out there that right, said he's better. Do better yeah. Right, right. Or and, that can do better right away. Like, right, right. It, it's just not going to happen. Time. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Especially, and especially at the next level. Yeah, yeah, you're taking the step up. You know, yeah, I was just going to mention that. You're taking the step up where it, the NFL is the cream of the crop. This, mm-hmm. this is the best of the best. So right. it, it, it's not, you know, there aren't too many teams in this league that have had decades and decades and decades of success that they it comes and goes you know where they have cycles where yeah they're towards the top and then a few bad draft picks here a few free agents that leave there you know whatever and all of a sudden they're back towards the bottom it just it comes and goes based on decisions that you make in my opinion continuously to fire coaches every year or every couple seasons yeah, doesn't is not not the answer it's certainly a lot three quarters of the way through right right and I, you I, might catch lightning in a bottle but that doesn't necessarily mean that that was the right decision right 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 decision. yeah because it, it I, may I, be a flash in the you know yeah. flash in the pan where you have some instant success but not sustained if you have if you haven't picked it up for me i think tepper's the problem yeah (laughs) Yeah, i mean absolutely it it, it certainly seems definitely seems that way that yeah a a guy that obviously has made lots of money has made a lot of smart business decisions maybe you know not the most football or you know sports savvy kind of guy and 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 trying to get a little bit more hands-on than maybe maybe what he should be at this point um but you know we'll, we'll see obviously the Panthers just going to let the season ride out, you know, with an interim coach more than likely if the, if their record stands going to be towards the top picking again, yeah. you know, whatever. Right. So they may be calling your Michigan. Man. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, I mean, the Panthers just going to let the season ride out and see how it, how it goes. Yep. Um, you know, the, the interesting thing that I do find, you know, Jim Caldwell, who used to coach the Colts and coach the Lions, um, is on, you know, is on the Panthers staff. Um, I look for them possibly to, you know, include him in the possible discussions of, you know, next head coach there in Carolina, obviously has the head coaching experience is somewhat of a more offensive minded guy as well. Uh, so I'll, I'm not saying that he will be the guy in Carolina, but I I, I expect him to be at least Good in ball. in the mix of of possibly being being the next head coach for the for the Panthers. So um, again, a, a franchise that has not been around for very for very long. Right. Um, but you know, again, to to have success, you got to sustain it, and you got to keep the guys there and keep keep that continuity going. So we'll see what happens. All right. We're going to slip in a commercial here real quick and uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, before we get into our next two topics, Colton wants to uh, make sure you guys all know how to get uh, signed up for our bowl pickup challenge this year. So I'll let him take this away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like Dad mentioned, we're going to have our 
Bowl Mania Challenge on on ESPN uh, again this year. Uh, so feel free to get to get in on the action. Completely free to free to join. So again, people that don't know a lick about football, go ahead and get in there because there's a good chance you could make your way to the top. You're just you, as good as us so-called extras. Right, right. Um, so you know, throw your throw your hat, throw your name there throw your name in the hat and see see what happens you know you get a point for each bowl game you get right and you know whoever has the most points at the end gonna be our gonna be our grand prize grand prize winner so um you can you know go on to go on to espn and search for the uh fired up podcast group you know find us on there and all the links and stuff like that will be on our different social medias as well so you know there's there's still about you know 10 days or so before the first bowl game kind of gets gets started so um you know you can pick all the bowl games right up front, or you can pick them, you know, day by day, you know, however you want to do each of the matchups, just kind of lock in when the game, when the game starts. So, um, yeah, feel free to, you know, fill it out however you feel the best, best, you know, for your, for your needs. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to give away, you know, grand, grand prize. So, you know, throw your name out there and, you know, let's, uh, Try to bring home bring home some prizes. <clears throat> All right, very good. All right, well, topic number four here for us tonight is the Heisman Trophy uh, finalists have been named. Uh, you know, it's been narrowed down to four names, three quarterbacks and a wide receiver uh, in no particular order. Michael Penix from Washington, Bo Nix from Oregon, Ohio State's Marvin Harrison Jr., and LSU's Jade Daniels. Give me your thoughts, fellas. Yeah, um, one thing when I was looking up, you know, the finalists and looking up, you know, stats and things like that. But I didn't, didn't realize that they actually have to put four names in the hat. Like that was something that I think back in maybe 2016 or something like that, that was like a mandated rule that, yeah, four players have to be, you know, have to be named in this thing or whatever, oh, because I, I, I think it's, yeah, it's, if there's anybody that's winning this thing, it's it's one of the the three quarterbacks. You yeah. know, unfortunately for Marvin Harris, like I, he had that's weren't near good right, enough, right. He he had a really, decent season. I was surprised he's there to be honest. He had a decent season, but I this this is between the three quarterbacks. And now my, is he the best receiver in the country? Oh yeah, I would believe absolutely. that a hundred percent. And one of the best players, I agree with that right. too. But yeah. he just didn't put up enough stats. Right, right. So I this this definitely at least this year is one of the three QBs to lose. Um, really, though, the field this year, to me, is pretty lackluster mm -hmm. compared to some of the star-studded fields right, of right. years past. I mean, I mean, yeah, they put up some stats, but right. two of them were stats in the Pac-12. Mm -hmm. It plays absolutely zero defense. The entire right. conference put right. up stats at the right. quarterback position. Yeah, yeah. So you can almost kind of discount the stats that mm -hmm. they've put up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think the most realistic stats of – any of the contenders got to be Jaden Daniels, yeah. who to, to me is, is my favorite. I'm mm -hmm. not so sure he's going to win just because right. his team didn't have the success you usually look mm -hmm. at for a Heisman Trophy yeah. champion. Yeah. So th then, then I go to, then it should probably be Bo Nix, but mm -hmm. then they lost the Pac 12 championship and right. lost tw twice to Washington. <laughs> right, so right. How do you reward that? Mm -hmm. so I, I don't know who you pick this year. It's right. really kind of a crapshoot between, yeah. the, between the four. Well, I agree and disagree with you, Matt, at the same time. I do agree with you that. Uh, Marvin Harrison is the best receiver in the country mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and one of the top players. However, I do disagree that their stats don't really stand out. And I and I, I think it's Jaden Daniels that really mm -hmm, stands mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. above the other three. Yeah. Um, you know, the best QBR rating at 95.7, 72% mm -hmm. rating, 40 passing TDs against only four picks. Uh 1,134 yards rushing yeah. and 10 more touchdowns on the ground, yeah. you know, 8.4 yards a rush. Mm -hmm. He's the only player ever 
to throw for 3,000 yards and run for over 1,000 ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking ever. Mm -hmm. To me, that stands out. So, uh, if you didn't know who I was going to pick, I (laughs) think pretty much gave it away. Not that these other guys didn't have great seasons. You know, Bo Nix completing 77% of his passes, and that's only had three picks all year. But I I, I do agree, again, with your next point, you know, a three-loss team in LSU Mm -hmm. is going to be hard, but – Right. I just, I just don't think the committee can, can, uh, you know, the voters on there can, can, you know, just skip over Jaden Daniels, yeah, just because he was on a team that lost three games. I'd be interested to look at the the history of the Heisman Trophy winner and see, and see how many losses, mm-hmm. like the, right. the the worst mm-hmm. loss count of, right, of right. the Heisman Trophy winner. <clears throat> yeah, yeah I, they, they seem to like those teams that are. You know, it's it's the best kid. team on the be- the best, best player, player on the best, best team, team. And, and if and if you're looking at that criteria, no, you would say it's got to be Michael Penix because they're they're right, undefeated. Right. Washington true. is undefeated. Number two in the country, they're and in the playoff ranking. he's the only member of that group yeah. that actually made the, in the playoffs. playoffs yeah. Are, for me, I, I think what Matt is trying to say here is that amongst the four guys, I had a tough time saying where is that one game that is like their Heisman yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. To me, I couldn't I couldn't find it in any yeah. of these guys. You look at Jaden Daniels, those three losses came against Alabama, came against Florida State, came against uh Old Miss. So three of the, the top teams that they had on their schedule yeah. lost. He they lost and he was meh, okay, okay. in yeah. those games. The only Heisman moment that you can look at for, you know, Jaden Daniels is he had eight total touchdowns, but guess what? He played Georgia State, you know, and so to me, that's, and you look at Bo Nix, the two games against Washington, which should have been his Heisman right. moments, okay. man, he was okay. Yeah, I do agree and, with that. And Michael Penix is the same thing. He started out the season red hot, yeah. but then once they started to get into the thick of Pac-12 football and playing some of the better teams they squeaked by he was meh again yeah and, and marvin harrison and again as a wide receiver it's you always it. it's always tough because yeah. you know you can only do so much you know you can't throw yourself the ball too so yeah, anything that came his way he right did catch, right right you know yeah. they just the number of targets and you know catches right. and things that really wasn't like that yeah. big game against a big opponent. You compare like, that to another wide receiver who's won in the past, right. and those stats are, aren't even in the ballpark. Right, exactly. And, so, and Marvin Harrison was getting the best cover guy from every team. Oh, yeah. This Sometimes because, double double coverage. Right, because yeah. they knew that that was, that was who was going to beat them. Right. You know, teams make somebody else beat us. We're going to make somebody else beat you. Because yeah. really, you know, for the most part, <laughs> you know, Michigan did a good job of defending right. uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, so. and so for me, I, I think it's going to be Jaden Daniels. Vegas agrees yeah. very much. Uh, he's you know almost like a minus two thousand winner. You know, uh, betting odds right now. I feel like had Knicks beaten Washington oh, yeah. to win the Pac-12 oh, yeah. championship, no, this would have been it, a little bit closer. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah, Knicks probably would have been the favorite in that case if he had right. Well, and then they would have been in the probably been in the fourteen right. playoffs. Right, so, right. A lot more notoriety uh, and a lot yeah. more to go along in the resume. Um, you know, because looking at Jaden Daniels' stats and things like that, you know, the yardage almost five thousand or you know over five thousand total yards between passing and rushing. And, you know, 50 touchdowns between passing and rushing does compare a lot to 
Lamar Jackson, who won the award back in 2016. Right. Lamar Jackson in 12 games, almost 5,000 total yards and 50 total touchdowns. You know, so Jaden Daniels this year has over 5,000 total yards and 50, actually 51 or, you know, roughly 51 touchdowns himself. So I think you just compare to past, you know, past winners. And I know that that's always tough to do because different different, year, different, different different, different, yeah, everything's different. But I I think the stats are pretty comparable to, you know, what you would expect from a Heisman QB. But yes, again, this field is, is very tough because again, there's no, real shining moment that you right. can point to for any of these guys. To so say, if you're ranking the four, you go Daniels, Knicks, Penix, Harrison. Is it? Yeah, I think Knicks and Penix is going to be, I could see it going yeah. either way. Um, I, I, I felt like see, Knicks was more consistent all season long. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I guess I what, what bothers me, you know, you put, you just look at straight stats and, you know, Michael Penix, like not, Overall yards, but mm-hmm. only sixty six percent completion yeah. rate. Nine yeah. interceptions, nine yeah. picks. Yeah, right. Yeah, and only thirty. Only I say, but right. uh, you know, significantly lower touchdowns. Yeah, thirty three. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I guess, but I, you know, what again? What helps him is what you guys alluded Teams to is right. Washington's, a, you know, right. number two and the, and the head to head beating Oregon. Right. right. You know, exactly. whether you pin that all on Bo Nix or you say that that was all Michael Penix that did that. I don't, I don't think you can really make that, make that argument. Um, you know, other than in those two head to head matchups, it did seem like Penix played better in those two head to head matchups, but obviously, yeah, they're, they're not playing defense. They're, you know, they're only the quarterback. They mm-hmm. only control who's getting the ball, you know, who they're handing the ball off to and who they're throwing the ball to. But right. Honestly, yeah, I think I think with the stats, you know, alone, I think Bonex probably is is second. Michael Penix probably third, and then Harrison, you know, comes you know in in fourth there. But I wouldn't be surprised if yeah, Penix is second, Nix is third, you know, yeah. Harrison or whatever. Um, but ultimately, yeah, Jaden Daniels is is the guy. It's gonna be tough, you know, to not not give it to him, even with those three losses. It just it, it, it's tough to watch because mm-hmm. it is definitely. LSU, you know, I don't even know what bowl game that they're playing in, in this year. Uh, but it, yeah, a, a, a team that loses it, it usually or statistically has not been. It's usually the best player on the best team, yeah. and I just don't, I don't. We're not going to get that, I don't yeah. think, this year. Um, but yeah, because nobody from Michigan's even in it, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it just, you know, it, it's a different time in in college sports, and yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, really for for JJ McCarthy to be. You know, early season, one of the uh, <laughs> one of know, the favorites at one, one of the point. Favorites, you know, he just didn't put up the numbers. Yeah, really second half didn't throw a pass the last right. three weeks why, of the season. You know, why? <laughs> right by design or yeah. by you know, uh, you know, I don't know if it was a health issue right. or just you know, we the, didn't need it. I guess, we, yeah, it just, yeah. There's games we didn't need it, right. but uh, yeah, I mean, the numbers just weren't there. Now, I maybe, I may, I may slip Marvin Harrison in at number three. Okay, uh, right. Jaden Bo Nix. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and then Michael Penix. Uh, I can see those two kind of flip flop, you know, because the numbers that he did put up were pretty, yeah. you know, eighteen over eighteen yards every time he caught the ball. Yeah, man, that's that's pretty impressive. So, right. right. Uh, you well, know, I will he, say it's, it's and he be, was that big threat. I yeah. mean, the, yeah, he's I know, the guy everybody was scared of. Right, right. And that, that, you know, obviously the committee can't use that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a stat, but it's, right, right, it works it's the some, same. Something you definitely got to take into consideration, um, right? You know, so yeah, it, it. I think hands down, there's no question. This guy is, you know, 
the best wide receiver or, you know, the best in his group. Um, right. You know, if this was, if this was the award for, you know, best well, the, receiver in the, the country. The Bolitnikov award right. is obviously a, right, right. Is a no-brainer. Receiver, right. right. Then, you know, we're, he's taking home the hardware here. But Heisman is about more than just, you know, the yeah. best guy at your position. It's, it's the best guy overall amongst right. everybody. I will say for Ohio State, it, it's just good he got there because that, that gives us now six guys straight. for Ohio State yeah. straight yeah. to be in the Heisman finalist. Contention. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. No, notoriety, really. you know, that always goes a long, you know, goes a long way in today's, you know, today's college football landscape. So, I yeah, I, I think ultimately, yeah, the, the kid from LSU. And <laughs> as much as we maybe bash the transfer portal and, you know, as crazy as it may sound, but, Honestly, probably the best decision that Jaden Daniels ever made was well, transferring from Arizona State to LSU. And all three of these guys yeah. are transfers. Right. Uh, they've all played five seasons. At least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the three the three QBs have. Yeah. Marvin's only been there for three seasons, that. but all right. the QBs have been there. Right. That's what I mean. Five, all five all quarterbacks have played five seasons. Yeah. And they're all tra- at least one time transfers. Right, so. right. So it's, again, yeah. a changing landscape. So I think maybe – that plays into, yeah, we're going to see a team in LSU that lost three games right. and they're going to have the Heisman Trophy winner at the same time. Well, so. Don't get me started on my complaints with the transfer. <laughs> right. Right. That's, yeah. a, whole, that's <laughs> a whole show in itself. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, well, let's move on then. The uh, what else? Can, who else can we bash now? Because right, I right. got some bashing to do right, uh, right. On, the, on, the, on these four picks. No, I, I think the committee got it wrong. Yep. I'll start right. I'll start off right with that. Mm-hmm. Florida State got screwed. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how to beat around the bush about it. Right. You know, in twenty five years, they're the only undefeated Power Five conference champion to be excluded. Yeah. Um, you know, from anything, from the for, BCS, from, you know, anything. whatever, whatever right. you want to say. And, yeah. You know, well, yeah, I know they're not the same team they were before their quarterback had that gruesome injury, but Ohio State won a national championship with a third-string quarterback. Yeah, but he also put up 59 points in the Big Ten championship game. They They put up, what, 15 total? But they're still winning, I guess, I, I, is, I my know, but, right. is my point. Um, you look at that team, would, would, they have, would they have competed with Michigan? Would their defense, Michigan a their game? defense is solid. Their it it may have been solid. like an Iowa. Beat. Well, so it was Michigan's defense. So I, they wouldn't have moved the ball. They, maybe not. But That's we might not have moved the ball either. It may have been the you most. Would have, the, I, I, Michigan would have had a short field the entire game. It could have been a very had, boring matchup, like you know the Big Ten championship. But I'd have you know. taken boring as long as we got a win. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but I guess I don't know. I guess. You know, what are you telling your kids? Okay, one of your starters goes down, so you just quit playing because right. because the committee's not going to let us in. Right, right. I, I mean, I agree with all of that. But right. I, I think the the job the committee has to do is to get the best four teams that are going to give you the best matchups in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I called it in the third quarter of that Florida State game. If you go look at my Facebook, I, I called who the four were going to be, and then I – later posted the 10 in order exactly how they were going to do it. Mm-hmm. Just just from what I was watching and from what I've seen these last few weeks of college football, mm-hmm. I guess. These, these were the four best teams in college football that are in. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess, Alabama I, has to squeak by an Auburn team that got beat by New Mexico State. Mm-hmm. I, ain't, I ain't buying it. Yeah, I, but then Florida well, State had some squeakers earlier in the season, won. too. But they won. They still won. But so, so, so uh, Alabama, Alabama, Alabama game too. should not be in there. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's not the four best teams. It's the four best teams that make the NCAA the most money. 
I'm sorry. That's what it comes down to. If that's the case, then Ohio State's in and Washington's out. No, no, because Ohio State has a loss. Washington's still undefeated. Well, I know, but so is Florida State. Exactly. If it's it's the four teams that are going to bring you the most money. Florida State is not going to bring in more money than Alabama. I'm sorry. I know, but they're undefeated. So if if it's not about the money, if it's about the money, the Buckeyes Washington will travel. Washington will travel. They they will travel. They, They got screwed because... Maybe they should have been number one seed and been in that Rose Bowl to be out there on the West Coast. They they potentially could have had an argument for that because if you look at the Michigan team, does does Michigan really deserve to be the number one seed? I don't know because well, they beat a number ten, they beat a number three, but or two. Look at their look at their OSU was number two. That's right. Look at look at number sixteen Iowa, but look who Washington beat: number eight Oregon, right? Number twenty USC, number eighteen Utah, number eleven Oregon State, right? And number five Oregon, right? And there's a lot more there. So I think they even maybe have an argument that they could have potentially been number one. I'm not sure Texas really deserves to be in. Yeah, I mean, I think they beat Alabama. I get that. Yeah, Yeah. if they were putting Alabama, they had to put right. They had no right. But then you know, their only other two wins against ranked teams were number 23 Kansas State and number 18 Oklahoma State. Right. Yeah, and I I just think that no matter what was going to happen. There was no way they were leaving an SEC team out of this. Oh, right. no, no, I agree with that 100%. 100%. Whether it was Georgia or whether it was Alabama. One of those two. Yeah, was Florida, Florida State I, yeah, was probably coming in. The Florida State that was, in. was getting screwed probably no matter what. They, you know, unfortunately, I think Florida State, obviously, Alabama doesn't win that SEC championship game. We're not even talking about this. You know, that's what's throwing a monkey wrench into this whole thing. And this definitely isn't the SEC of the past. This right. conference was down right, all right. year. It yes. wasn't the same conference they have been. It right. just obviously so, next year we won't be having this problem because right. we go to twelve well, teams. But somebody's always going to be on the outside right. looking they're, in. They're, right, well, number twelve will be because right. only the top eleven and then the highest ranked non group of five. Right, right. Well, right. So it's it's always going to be obviously controversy. I just to me, an undefeated team. Yeah, power five. If this was not Florida State, if we were not talking about Florida State, we're talking, you know, Boise State. Okay, I can make, I can say, I can say that. But, but this is, if Florida State even looks serviceable these last two weeks, I, I, I think they had a better case. I, I, I think that last two games they did not look. Their defense looked great, but their offense couldn't put up points, and that, that's, that's what did it. I mean. The playoffs are about offense. I, I know defense wins championships, right. but so we're, we're they, talking they, style. They are now. absolutely, which, which is not the right. That's not. So that's the what's best always team. taken at the end. Style that's not points. the best team. The Buckeyes then. got in because of style points in fourteen and ended up winning it all. So I mean, style. And then you look at it. Not only Ohio State, there have been three other teams that have not. You know, they've started week one with a starting QB, and by the end of the year. They've been down to their backup or third-string quarterback, still made it in. 2014 Ohio State, 2017 Alabama, 2018 Clemson, 2021 Georgia. Georgia, you know, was in the national championship. Clemson was competing for a national championship. Alabama competing for a national championship. There are multiple examples here where teams have been with their starting backups or, you know, third-string QBs and still giving themselves a chance. Because now, we Florida State gets in the playoff. I know they were down to their third string, but their backup was only only out with a concussion. Mm-hmm. So you give them that month-long playoff, the backup he, been in, he more sure. than likely would be in there. Yeah, and right. they did, okay, 
definitely not the same product that, you know, when they had their starter mm -hmm. in there. But when they had their backup in there, it was they were able to still move the ball. Okay, mm -hmm. were they scoring 40 points a game? No, but they were still able to move the ball. So you give them that month layoff. Right. Also gives the backup QB a whole month to be repping and practicing with the Tiny starters and, yeah. and yeah. all that stuff. Is that going to make up for multiple years that they had Jordan Travis as their quarterback? Absolutely not. But I think you just you give them a shot and see what right. what happens. So do you, do you think Georgia fell too? Six, or and do you think Ohio State the week before fell too far from from two to well now seven? It was two to six that week. I think what also makes it makes it tough with this whole Alabama to me debate. I think that they somewhat put themselves in a hole because they put Alabama all the way back in eight yeah, to jump never, from eight yeah. all the way to four. Alabama and Texas probably should have both been over Ohio State. Right. They, they, right. they should they have been up there, the up there a little bit closer. And I think that would have maybe lightened the blow a little bit more yeah, that, that Alabama's not going from almost outside the top 10 and yeah. jumping into the top yeah. four in literally one week in a game that they squeaked I mean, I know it's Georgia. Number one team has been the most dominant team in college football. Yeah, I felt football. like Alabama controlled that. If you watch that game, Alabama controlled that game. Though. But then they, they, they were clearly the best. Should have dominated then. Dominate. Win the game by more than the field goal. Then. Who else did they beat? Number seventeen Tennessee. Number right. eighteen LSU. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, they beat the number one team in the country. So you beat the best. You know, do you get in? I guess that's what the committee thought. Right. Um, but I think Georgia. I think Georgia probably right where they should be or you know right where they needed to be i mean again it's unfortunate i think i feel i, I feel somewhat bad for georgia at the same time because yeah, 29 straight wins. you haven't lost a game in yeah. two and a half years but you can't let that play in there right right you can't take back team. history right. you know all yeah, that you stuff can't go in the back last season but you lose again we won't be having these conversations next you year. know next year because you know all these teams that are here or that we're debating about They'll be in the playoff. They'll be at least competing for a national championship. We won't be having this, you know, somewhat controversy in the sense of deciding between one-loss teams or whatever. Majority of the one-loss teams are going to make it into the playoff. Uh, yeah. But I just, yeah, I think Georgia's probably right where they need it because, again, you talk about the SEC, they were down this yeah. year. And, and Georgia struggled a bit against some of those rank the ranked opponents that they did play in the SEC they didn't blow them out by right. any by any means. They did struggle. They did struggle with them. But I, I, I think, yeah, losing that game in in that sense, and maybe they, I think they also got punished for their injuries as mm -hmm. well because they've been dealing with injuries and banged up and things right. like that. And you can probably say maybe that's why they lost the SEC championship. I don't, you know, I don't know. But it's it's. I think they're probably right where they needed mm -hmm. to needed to be. If they would have been ahead of Florida State, I think yeah, Florida State probably would have would have rioted at this, you know, whatever. Because yeah, there's no way you put an undefeated team, you know, behind two one-loss teams, right. especially you know, Florida State played for their conference championship, won the whole thing, you know, in whatever way, shape, or form that they did. It, it, it just yeah, it's unfortunate that we're having this conversation because again, next year we won't be. Florida State, you know, it, they're just one year, one year too late. You right. know, it, it, it's it's unfortunate for those guys. You know, or I, even it's Ohio State, team right? Yeah, one, it, one it year goes, too late. Right. It it. But it's funny because Florida State's 
the main culprit for right. why it's one year too late. Right, they, right. they were the first ones to complain when Texas joined the SEC mm-hmm. and they, they started this whole coalition against right, right. doing that. They, they didn't want to do the 12. The 12 team was supposed to go into place this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It got fought because of those guys. And so it, I, I almost wonder if they were punished for that, really. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, what, should, should that be right? Probably not. Right. I mean, Somebody's got to out, you know. Somebody's got to have a different opinion. It can't just be a bunch of yes men that go into there. You got to have somebody that's thinking of the other side of things. You know, right. when it comes to a business decision, when, it can't just be, all right, yep, this thing's going to make us the most money. You just and, go ahead and sign. And the how papers. crazy could this get? I saw a thing where the governor of Florida <laughs> yes, I saw asked a, asked the state legislature for a million dollars so Florida State can file a lawsuit against right. the committee. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is getting way out of hand. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. Obviously, nothing, nothing is going to happen. You know, it is yeah. what it is. You it's know, it's an whatever. opinion. It's right. an opinion right. poll. That's <laughs> it's in the hands of people. Yeah. Which, again, no matter what we do, you're probably going to have somebody complaining about it because yeah. we used to have computers. You know, computers that picked or theoretically picked yeah. the two best teams to play for the national championship. And that wasn't good enough. We didn't like that either. Now we, you know, get a committee of thirteen people in the room to try to pick the four best teams. And when that doesn't happen, we don't like that either. So and it's a debate every year. Right, so right. It, everybody, even when we go to twelve, it's right. going to be a debate on well, who should have been thirteen? Yeah, thirteen right. should have been yeah. twelve. Right, yeah. right. It's, I mean, it, always, it, ha- it happens in college basketball, and they let sixty-eight teams yep. get in there. Right. Uh, that there should have been a sixty-ninth team that got in there. Right. Should have been a seventieth team that got in there. So I think right. it's going to be some exciting football. Though. Oh, I think yeah. we got two good matchups in right. the playoffs. Yeah. Well, yeah. Real quick, you guys want to go through who you think your winners are in the in the initial matchup games? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Vegas, you know, one versus four, Michigan and Alabama. Vegas, oh. you know, likes Michigan by uh, just a handful of points. Point in that and a one. half was the last thing I saw. Yeah, so it's it's almost a pick em game, and I, I think rightfully so. I mean, yeah, Alabama kind of finished the season on a, on a higher note. You know, Michigan has been pretty consistent throughout the, throughout the season, uh, but this is going to be going to be an exciting game. I think the matchup to watch in this one is – how does Michigan handle Jalen Milrow mm-hmm. at the QB position? Uh, I haven't said, seen a, a right. scrambling quarterback right. all year long. This right. is guy. This is a guy that's basically a running back playing quarterback at this point. Uh, so it will be interesting to see that athleticism. You know, de- defensive wide Michigan has some athletes there, but how do how do they keep up? How do they how do they manage that? I think you got to make him beat beat you with his arm. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, keep, a lot easier said than done. Oh, you know, I agree. Sure. Um, um, but I think you know, like you said, he's dangerous when he's moving. Uh, keep a spy on him, you yeah. know, whether, you know, whether it be Harold or who in the, you know, and I think he's going to, he's going to get, he's going to break off some big runs. Right. It, you know, those big plays are going to naturally. It's, it's the chunk plays. I think Michigan's going to have to worry about right. in this game. Cause I, I, I think they have a good secondary, right. but that's also where they've struggled a bit. Right. This year right. Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Been hit with the deep ball. Oh, yeah. And yeah. If he can scramble around right. and somebody make, gets make open, play. Yeah. I, I can right. see the chunk plays. Well, happening. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, yeah, given that, but I, you know, I'm still not all just like up and you know yeah. starry-eyed with the way our offense is playing. Yeah, it's it's been it's you know been last couple of weeks. I been... don't know if it's because you know they're JJ's hiding an injury; he's not a hundred percent or what. But uh, or if our offense is hiding something, or you know waiting to break it out or whatever. I don't know. I hope it's not that because well, then the second matchup, you got Texas and Washington at this point, Texas is favored by four. Mm -hmm. Uh, Judging by the way, these two teams are playing. I I like Texas. I mean, mm -hmm. it was just total domination. I know it was against a bad Oklahoma State team. They should have really been playing Oklahoma again. Right. Right. But you know, it's just, 
I mean, they're playing well. And yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, as an Ohio State fan, I'd sure love to have Quinn Ewers back there as my quarterback instead right. of uh, who we had this year. Right, right. I, I, I think, think the Buckeyes would be that number one spot right now had right. they had Ewers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, don't we get, like, Texas as our first game of the season? Not first year? game, but one of the first couple oh, in our yeah. non-conference hey, next year. next year is brutal. If you don't yeah. win a championship this year. It, it, it yeah, could well, be a while. Well, we're – you know, they said we could have 12 guys playing in the right. NFL next right. year, too. So. I can see that for sure. Yeah, yeah. no, the Texas-Washington game will be will be interesting. Obviously, I think if if Texas's defense comes alive, you limit Washington's, you know, offense. Again, easier said than done because nobody in the country has been able to figure it out. Right. But if Texas is able to, you know, prevent the big plays from happening, Texas could, could run away with this thing because I don't see Washington's defense being able to stop Texas. Right. And, and, and Washington just – they haven't played a defense like Texas right, all year. Right. They played that Pac-12 soft defense right, that right. everybody put up numbers against. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it, I don't like Washington's chances at all. I right. think this Texas in a runaway. Yeah, yeah, and right. it's again somewhat unfortunate location as well because yeah. they have to travel from the West Coast, you know, down to no Louisiana, way. which is you know just right next to you know Texas yeah. there. So it, it's going to be a Texas home crowd for sure. Um, that you know they're not only going to be playing against you know the other team, but the whole stadium is going to be filled with with majority Texas as well. So well, Michigan's got to go clear across the country. Right, right. The, the nice thing is they get Alabama, who has to travel, yeah. you know, just as far, far, you know, whatever. So it's, yeah. I, I don't. We'll see how the split is. You know, it, it's going to be that one. I feel is going to be somewhat neutral. I I, I feel, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think Washington probably going to be at a disadvantage when it comes to the, yeah. the crowd noise and you know whatnot. But uh, going to be some exciting matchups. Obviously, yeah, end of the month is when we see these four teams face off against each other and we'll see who's then, you know, competing for, for the national championship. And we'll talk about it as it gets closer to the game, you know, preview and, you know, give us, give a little more prediction, go a little bit deeper into the, into the matchup, you know, as we get closer, closer and closer to the game. All right. Well, that's our show for tonight. Colton, you want to sign us out? Yeah. Thanks for listening to fired up with your hosts, Colton Cal, chief Rob Cal, Matt Gordas. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week and, you know, if you want to hear all the topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. We do have an Instagram if you look for fired up underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook if you search for fired up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find all of our past episodes and, you know, just a little bit of information about the show. Um, and you can find this episode and all of our past episodes on any podcast platform you can think of. Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, uh, all the big players in the in the podcast game, you can find our show. So appreciate y'all listening. And as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.